Let's open our Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians uh, 15. We're going to read a couple verses and then uh, see how this relates to another passage. We're still studying how to be spiritual in uh, turning gray to black or white. And uh, I think this is very important. I hope you listen. It made a big impact on my life uh, probably 40 years ago. And uh, I know it can help you. So let's uh, study this together, comparing uh, spiritual things with spiritual. Uh, this is a well-known passage, uh, the great resurrection chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, we're just going to read verses 31 through 34 to begin with. Verses 31 through 34. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men I fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantageth it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So uh, we're going to look at evil communication and uh, spiritual warfare and breaking down uh, strongholds. And notice it's all about knowledge. Um, look at verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We pray that you would uh, speak to every heart. Help us to truly study, to show ourselves approved unto thee. Help us to have a goal, a mindset, to be diligent and sober-minded, to be truly spiritual and to know what that means. We pray that thou wouldst open our eyes, that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law and that you would uh, speak to us and we realize that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching the inward parts of the belly. We pray that your spirit would uh, reveal these things to us, help us to discern and to see what has happened in the past so that we can uh, understand the present and then prepare for the future. And we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Evil communications. Now, just a real quick review. We're talking about when there are gray areas. It's not specifically mentioned in the word of God, black or white, uh, wrong or right. We need to be spiritually discerning. And when we are, it turns the gray to the black or white. It's just as evident if it were spoken technically. So we looked at in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, there'll be this revealing of things that are already present that we were not conscious of to that point. There will be a searching. We will search our own life. God will search your heart and your life by his spirit. And then when this happens, you'll begin to know some things that you did not know up to that point and when that happens you will make spiritual comparison so you will compare things 
to discern, you will not compare people. So as we're going to look at in a moment in 2 Corinthians 10, the Corinthians were very carnal. They compared body shapes. They compared ways of delivery in homiletics, in hermeneutics uh, with the Word of God. They, they were very carnal in their comparison. They were not spiritual in their comparison. And then when this happens, you'll pass righteous judgment. You'll reach a, a good, biblical, sound conclusion. So the carnal mind is enmity against God. We looked at this, which is the flesh literally stripped to its core. And when this happens, you'll move on to the mind of Christ. This is the goal, to have the mind of Christ and to have the right spiritual mindset. So we know there is nothing new under the sun. Okay? You can't say this has never been taught before, heard before, experienced before. There's nothing new under the sun. So everything that we are is a result of everything that we have seen, heard, or experienced, or learned. That's who we are. If you're honest with yourself, your present life is the culmination of everything you've seen, heard, and learned, and subjected yourself to up to this point in your life, and all of us have to make a decision. This is very important. Whenever you come into contact with any information, knowledge, you have two choices. You can uh, reject it or you can embrace it. You can continue to follow it and believe it or you can turn from it and realize that that's false information or what the Bible calls evil communication. So the devil knows this. We're not ignorant of his devices. If he can get somebody deceived because they're naive and a simpleton, he can begin to penetrate their mind, set up a spiritual stronghold through an evil communication, and get them to begin to believe something that is a total lie. Get them to embrace false doctrine or the traditions of men or the philosophies or the rudiments of this world. And this is how he works. So once you understand what we've been talking about, revealing, searching, knowing, comparing, judging, all by the eternal truth of the Word of God, the final authority of the King James Bible, then you can be truly spiritual and you will not subject yourself to evil communication. And if you happen to come in contact with it, you'll immediately realize that's not true. You'll just know there's something fishy. Is that the something smells? Uh, there's something not right. The old preachers used to say it's not ringing true. The resonation is not of truth. It resonates of deception. And it comes from the father of lies. So if we get our mind right, we're going to have total victory. We see the mind of Christ moving from the carnal mind, which is at enmity with God, to the mind of Christ, 
And if we are not conformed to this world, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. A miraculous mind change. You know, it's happened to everybody who's right with God. Everybody who knows the truth. God changes your mind. And when He changes your mind, your whole life changes. So we know that Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. The head. The head does the thinking. Your hand doesn't think. Your foot doesn't think. Your knee doesn't think. It's your head. Jesus is the head of the body. When you get your head right, when you get your mind right, now your whole life is going to change. So the, the question then, it's, and uh, we've talked about in the past, Brother Hiles taught us this, when something happens to someone, it is never what happened to you. A lot of times we'll ask, what has happened to you? The answer is, or the question is, who has happened to you? Who has happened to you? Paul said to the Galatians, who hath hindered you that you should not run? It's always a somebody, not a something. And a somebody has a certain uh, knowledge base that they have communicated. And it's either good or it's evil. Uh, we've all could testify this. We could all testify what we observe. Somebody listened to the wrong person. Somebody read the wrong book. Somebody watched the wrong television show. Somebody watched the wrong documentary. Somebody started listening to somebody and it was an evil communication. And it seems so simple and it really seems uh, not that important. But it's so powerful that it changed their whole life. It changed their priorities, their values, changed their belief system. That changes the way you spend your money. That changes the way you spend your time. That changes your entertainment, your music. Uh, it, it affects every part of your life. And it starts out with, what did you put in this head? What did you think about? What teacher did you sit under? You know, I'll guarantee you, if you're right with God, you sat under a teacher of truth. Amen. Some form or fact, some way. The Ethiopian eunuch said, how shall I understand except some man guide me? Uh, Romans 10, how shall they hear without a preacher? God had chosen the foolishness of preaching. So at some point, you were subjected to the right person who had the right knowledge that communicated it to you. And every person who's backslidden or out there in the world who are uh, crazy, the, the Bible calls them beside themselves or mad, they did the exact opposite. They listened to the wrong person. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm very, what was the name of the, the uh, radio broadcast we're talking about? BBN. Yeah, the old BBN. You know, it really helped me when I was little. Bible broadcasting, I think, network. You know, in the good old days, simple time, we'd hear the old-timey fundamental preachers. And it really helped me a lot. And from the beginning, 
you'd hear some guy come on, you go, I don't want to hear that guy. There, there's something wrong about that guy. But you have to discern. You cannot be naive and gullible and just open up to anybody and everything. You have to be very choosy and discerning on the communication that you receive. And that's why there's so many camps. I think in the Independent Baptist camp, I can think of about seven, I think I can, there's probably more than that, camps. And they all claim to believe the Bible, but they sometimes um, focus on one aspect of uh, Christianity or the Word of God. So, the flesh has a mind of its own. And it's the carnal mind which is at enmity against God. But the flesh can only do one thing. According to Romans 7.25, the flesh serves the law of sin. But what does it say? The mind serves the law of God. So you have to decide, will you allow your mind to serve the law of God or the lust of the flesh to serve the law of sin? And when you, when you make your mind up, see, you have free will. Will this mind serve the law of God? Or will I not allow this mind to serve the law of God? Will I allow my flesh, the lust, to serve the law of sin? And this is what most people do. Sad to say, they are slaves to the lust of the flesh. According to Galatians 5, the works of the flesh they do. They do not even comprehend the fruit of the Spirit. And it's all about one thing. Knowledge. Knowledge. So, if you study the book of Proverbs, uh, the first thing you have to understand is knowledge is the most important thing. And the only way you can get knowledge is to go to the source of knowledge. And the only way you can do that is through the truth and God gave us his word but that becomes essential to get as much Bible knowledge so that then you God can give you prudence discretion understanding and sound doctrine uh, but most people don't do that they're lazy they do not apply themselves they're not studious they're not diligent they do not separate from the evil communication and they fill their head with garbage worldliness and it's all about lust does this cater to the lust of my flesh or does this cater to the mind of christ it's it's very simple it's not complicated but I say it all the time, it's easier said than done, right? Very easy. It's very easy to say it. Very few people can do it. So knowledge, the word actually means knowing of science. So not the opposition against God, but the law that governs God's creation. Knowledge, that's what it is. To know what God wants you to know so that you can live a length of days and long life, but you can live a life that is pleasing in God's sight by knowing what He 
uh, the laws that govern his creation. So the word means to be resolved, to perceive, to become more aware of. And your thoughts, your intellect, is to exercise the mind to gain more knowledge. So uh, in the old days, I was always afraid. Uh, sometimes I know I chase rabbits or I harp. I'm a harpy. I, I say the same thing too many times. But when you're younger, you think, well, I need to learn something new. I need to learn something new. I, I, I better move on. But the older you get, the more you realize most people didn't get it the first time you said it. They didn't get it the second time or the third or fourth. Uh, repetition is the key to knowledge. And every teacher can tell you that. And if you don't exercise your intellect to memorize, to meditate, to lock it in what I call your memory bank, to do what the Bible calls hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against God. If you do not do that, then the opposite is already happening. And what is it? The lust of the flesh will take over. And that will do the works of the flesh, which is trying to follow the carnal mind, which is at enmity with God. So it's very simple. If you can get your head right, if you can get your mind right, you know, and I, I, I kind of... Believe, I've talked to several people about this COVID deal. They, they call it brain fog. You know what I'm talking about. It's some type of mysterious spiritual thing where your head's in a cloud and a bell's ringing. It's hard to describe. And you're just kind of, I can't even describe it. Uh, but the devil wants us to live in that state of existence so you can't. Oh, your, your intent is not right. You can't get your intent with your initiative and do what you need to do to focus, to focus in on what you need to focus so that all these other things, they dissipate. They become very, very meaningless in our life. So the Bible calls this the uh, imagination. Uh, in the book of Genesis, the reason God flooded the world, it says that the imagination of men's hearts was only evil continually and violence filled their heart. Violence. Because they had a wicked imagination. And you know why they had a wicked imagination? Because they weren't, they didn't have the mind of Christ. They did not use their intellect to exercise to get the right knowledge so that they got their head right so that their body will get right um, you know people say why is the world so crazy because they're not right in the head that's the bottom line the, the world's full of nut jobs you can say whatever crazy I was saying this 21 year old kid the other day uh, is that all you got to do you know, most people are thinking about dating a woman, trying to get an education, getting a work ethic, getting some accumulation of property, planning your life to have a meaningful... No, they're thinking about killing people. You know, that's all they think. They're, they're full of uh, wickedness. Uh, violence has filled their heart. This is where we're at. It's, it's a new cult. It really is uh, that we're dealing with.
So Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart of man is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. It is cunning, devising, deceiving. The Bible calls uh, men sought out witty inventions. Witty inventions from the heart of man using the intellect God gave them to make evil, evil perverted things and do things and scheming, uh, trying to get rich quick or manipulate and cheat and break the law, take shortcuts to accomplish these things. Um, so what happens is the heart, the seed of affection, takes everything you've ever seen, heard, experienced, uh, felt, watched, and then fantasizes and takes all these experiences and makes up this story and deceives you. And it, it not only deceives other people, it deceives the person themselves. And so now they were uh, in their illusions, they become disillusioned and what they think is real is not real. It's not, it's not even the real world because they are disillusioned. Why? Because they have a wicked heart because their, their imaginations has no truth of knowledge to formulate what's in their heart. Because why? They never exercise their intellect to get knowledge so that their head is right to have the mind of Christ. Uh, I remember when I was wayward, way back decades ago, and my dad would ask me questions, and I'd say, Dad, I'm just telling you, I do not know anybody that doesn't do that. And I'm talking about doing some bad stuff. Everybody I knew did it. I had deceived myself into thinking everybody does this. No, only the crowd I was in does this. The, only the, that type of the wrong crowd. So, you know, back then in the good old 70s, uh, I'll forget a few groups, but we had the potheads. You know, these were distinct groups. And I mean, this was fighting. We had the rednecks. You had the nerds. You had the surfers. What was the other one? The jocks. Oh yeah, you gotta have the jock. And uh, there's a couple others. Um, the social elites. Well, I don't remember what, oh yeah, we had a name for them. Um, but and these were segmented social caste groups that looked down on each other. And at one point, you could not cross over. You had to say you're one or the other. And it was fighting words. And, um, but this dominated people's life. Now, I never forgot about Elvin Fritz. Back then, we ridiculed him, but now I really respect him. He had a high tide haircut. He used grease. You know, when you're young and your dad put your comb in that, I don't know what that stuff was, at the barber shop, and they'd comb it over. He carried a briefcase to school and wore a tie. He was, he was the president of the, uh, every, uh, the newspaper, everything. Elvin Fritz, he probably a genius nuclear physicist or something. I don't know what happened to him, but um, that was his group. But you know, 
it's kind of sad. I don't recall a Bible group. I don't recall a soul winning group. I don't recall people who sold out for Christ. It was all these other people who who filled their mind with FFA, you know, or whatever it was, future farmers, or they'd raise a goat or, you know, whatever, they had a can of skull, you know, you know they had that ring in their back pocket or the Wranglers, you know, the other guys had the Marlboro Reds rolled up like James Dean in their, in their uh, t-shirt, hoping everybody would see it, but that, that's the world I grew up in, and it was brutal, I mean, there was fights every day, all kinds of stuff happened, um, but um, I praise the Lord. When I got saved, I realized I got to get this book in my head. Amen. I've got to get this book in my head, and if I can get this book in my head, it'll change my whole life. And I just started reading it and studying it and reading it and studying it, and I still don't know very much of it. Been over forty years, but. This is the only answer. The mind of Christ, you have to, if, if I were to ask you, what is the most valuable thing in your life? Treasure. Soul. Amen. Your soul. Right? And how do you protect your soul? Knowledge. You've got to be equipped with the truth to get the knowledge in your head, your mind spirit, so you can hide the word in your heart so that your soul can be right with God so your body will not do something to get you incarcerated. <laughs> so your body will not, you will not do something to lose your driver's license or you'll lose all your money or get uh, in trouble. Um, but it's so simple. But what do most people do? They're looking at that one-eyed idiot 24 hours a day surfing that whatever that thing is net and they're and they're there's so much information but and people get on a tangent and really start studying certain things but you don't get any deeper than when you're all alone and you open the old black book and it's the same old black book you know i was looking earlier i must have read a lot of ephesians because it's got coffee well, you can just see. I mean, but I've got them everywhere, but you can just see. Must have been spending a lot of time right through there um, trying to hide the word in our heart. So, in Proverbs 6.18, listen to this. The heart deviseth wicked imaginations. That's what the heart does. In Romans 1.21, if we're unthankful to God, the end result is reprobation, being totally cut off from all truth and knowledge and God and cannot come back unless God allows it. Reprobation. So we're going to look at when it talks about bringing every thought into captivity to obedience to Christ. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, this is the goal. Can we bring every thought into captivity to where our mind doesn't wander, we don't daydream, we're not fantasizing, we're not having imaginations. Every thought is brought into captivity to obedience to Christ to be so disciplined, to be so discerning, 
that as you think, you know, just think right here. We're all here. We're almost getting out of here. I bet some of you are very glad. You know how many thoughts have been running through people's heads? What type of thoughts? What were you thinking about? Were, are you even here? I know your body's here for some of us. What, what's your mind doing? You know, some people's minds racing. Some people are trying to ignore. Some people are bored. Some people are falling asleep. Some people are worried about what are they going to eat for supper. Some people are worried about they already ate something that doesn't agree with them for supper. Um, but what are, you, what are we thinking about? If you can keep your minds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus with the discipline of an intent. I'm going to bring every thought into captivity. And I'm going to recognize when my mind starts wondering. Because that's what it does. I'm going to begin to discern when my mind begins to play tricks on me and daydream. Go into a, a, a fantasy world of an imagination that doesn't really exist. When you do that, you have the right goal. Now you can begin to set out to accomplish it. And you know what the word rebellion really means? You know, when we think about these are rebels, you know what the word means? Not to listen. <laughs> it means not to pay attention. Remember when Samuel was in the temple, he said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to pay attention. I'm just going to listen. And most people cannot listen. And that's why they want it noisy. They want amusement, no thinking. And they'll do anything they can not to be still and know that he's God. Be quiet and just sit still and let this book saturate your mind so you can hide it in your heart. Um, why does it say Psalm 1 meditate how long day and night day. why does it say pray without ceasing pray all the time why does it say study to show thyself approved because it takes discipline to you know I, I have discipline training I practice discipline with my intent, and there's certain things we were taught you can do to first build your in, build your discipline to to think, to focus, not to be distracted, because everything in this world is a distraction, and the the most important thing is doing nothing. <laughs> I know that just sit there and let it just think about it. What does that mean? All right, we are out of time.